With Darksiders Genesis right around the corner, we here at Suggestive Gaming figured it would be a great time to take a look back at the story of the franchise so far. There may only be three games, but we've got a lot of lore to cover, so strap yourselves in. Note that while we will be covering the main game stories, we're going to skip over a bit of the DLC to keep things brief, but feel free to let us know what we missed in the comments. We know you will. Now, without further ado, this is what you need to know about Darksiders. Our story begins with the creation of an ancient race called the Nephilim, the creator's first warriors. When the Creator gives the Paradise of Eden to the race of man, the Nephilim become angered and attack the Archangels there. Four Nephilim are taken as agents by the Charred Council, the mediators created to keep balance between the forces of heaven and hell, and are given immense power and the title of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. The Horsemen then help the army of angels fight the rest of the Nephilim, leading to their extinction. The youngest Horseman, War, does not succumb to the Council's will easily, and goes to Earth to battle with the army of man. However, his three siblings are sent by the council to rein him in. A short battle ensues, and it ends with War's brother Death cutting off his left arm, which War later replaces with a gauntlet to remember this lesson. Several centuries later, we find Death, the eldest of the four horsemen, on a barren world after traveling the worlds of creation alone for 500 years. He is visited by a creature known as Panoptos, who informs Death that he was sent to retrieve the horseman and bring him before the charred council. Death refuses to speak to the Council, but Panoptos informs him that their business relates to an attack on the boundaries of Eden, which prompts Death to head there to investigate himself. Upon arriving, Death finds no evidence of a battle, aside from one defeated angel whose spirit he revives to interrogate about the attack. He learns that the agents stationed on Eden's boundary were attacked by an army of constructs, beings created by a race known as the Makers. They were nearly overrun before Abaddon, a leader of one of Heaven's forces known as the Hellguard, arrived with reinforcements. His interrogation is cut short when another group of angels arrive, and the clean battlefield is revealed to have been an illusion created by another angel, Azrael, to prevent any other enemies from discovering their current weakness. Azrael takes Death to a nearby camp to meet with Abaddon. Death discovers that Abaddon lost his eye in the preceding battle to a powerful sword that Death recognizes as an ancient weapon called Affliction, which was later lost by the Nephilim. Fearing that other ancient weapons might have been discovered and obtained by their unknown attackers, Death heads off to Cathesos, where Affliction was originally lost. There, Death finds another crew of constructs wrapping up an excavation operation, and comes to the conclusion that their foe must have already found what they were looking for there. Death then notices his crow, Dust, in a panic. He makes his way to the Crow Father, a member of an ancient race called the Old Ones, who maintains a connection with Dust, and discovers an attack on his domain by the constructs. They fend off the attack, and the two are able to extract knowledge from one of the fallen constructs to learn that the army was built by a maker named Belisatra to find a way to awaken the Grand Abominations, tools created by the Nephilim from the remains of a race called the Ravaim after their extermination at their hands. Meanwhile, Death's brother War was tasked by the Charred Council to destroy a weapon held by the angels that might disrupt the balance called the Sacrament Bomb. Death heads to the angel's white city, infiltrating it and finding the weapon, slaughtering several angels on his way. Upon reaching it, he finds it guarded by Uriel, a young angel in training. She attempts to stop him, but due to her inexperience, War simply casts her aside and destroys the weapon, heading off to return to the Council with his results. Death also returns to the Charred Council to meet with the other three horsemen and give his report. He reveals his knowledge and history with the Abominations, but refuses to reveal the location of the vault in which they are currently held. The Council commands the four horsemen to investigate, but upon leaving, Death convinces the others to stay away until he calls upon them. After leaving, the Crowfather contacts Death through Dust to reveal that he learned that the invasion of his realm was led by an angel. Death then heads to the library of the Argent Spire in the Angel's White City to search for any leads on Belisatra. 
However, upon arriving, the angels are less than receptive to death, due to his brother's recent actions. He's able to convince them to let him in and is met by his escort, an angel calling himself Semyaza. However, the angel ambushes him and after a short battle, stabs him with affliction. War arrives in the nick of time, causing the angel to retreat. The two then make their way to the library, where they meet with Azrael, who informs them that the angel they met was not actually Semyaza. They learn that Belisatra was an apprentice to a maker named Golbanan, who was the lover of Lilith, the queen of demons and creator of Nephilim, before his murder. The two make their way to hell to meet with Lilith, but death speaks to her alone, leaving war as a lookout. Lilith reveals that Golbanan taught her how to craft life, and realizing what she could do with it, decided to tell the other makers to hopefully stop her from doing so. Belisatra killed Golbanan to prevent him from doing so and became Lilith's servant afterwards. However, she left her position after a meeting with an angel named Hadramon. Death and War determine that Hadramon must be the angel behind the plot to find the Grand Abominations, and they head to Golbanan's former workshop, which they hypothesize to be where Belisatra is conducting her work. There, the horsemen find Hadramon and Belisatra, who put up a fight before they're all surprised attacked by an army of demons. Hadramon and Belisatra escape amidst the chaos, and the brothers are able to defeat the attacking army. The two determine that the demons must have attacked to obtain whatever grand abomination was there before their foes escaped with it. They do, however, find an old abomination, a shield called Mortis. However, upon wielding it, Death accidentally leaves his mind open to the connection it maintains with Affliction, allowing Hadramon to learn the secret of the Grand Abomination's activation, the blood of the Ravaim. The horsemen head to the scorched world of the Ravaim, hoping to retrieve the blood before Hadramon can. There, they meet with a group of angels led by Azrael, sent by the Charred Council. Azrael, upon learning Hadramon's name, reveals that the angel had fallen from heaven after revealing his forbidden love with another angel named Raisael. Raisael was cast to hell as punishment, and Hadramon, furious at this decision, sought war against the forces of both heaven and hell. Death, war, and the angels eventually find Belisatra's constructs and begin to take them out before they are again attacked by a demonic army, led by a lost angel Death determines to be Raisael. They are then joined by Hadramon, wielding an abomination pistol called Black Mercy, and Belisatra wielding Earth Reaver, a massive grand abomination capable of volcanic eruptions. The horsemen and angels retreat, but are able to destroy Earthreaver's support, temporarily disabling it. Knowing time is short, Death hatches a plan to extract the blood of the Ravaim and condense it into a single vial. He sends the angels with a decoy and war with the real vial before using Mortis again to reveal the plan to Hadramon. However, he actually sent war with a fake vial as well and kept the real vial to himself. With his enemies misled to attack his brother, Death takes the blood to the Keeper of Oblivion, convincing him to banish it into Oblivion before heading off to find war. However, when he does, he finds his brother slain on the battlefield. He is able to use a small amount of life contained in his brother's sword, Chaos Eater, to revive his brother, revealing that the blood was destroyed, but refrains from revealing his ruse that led to war's death. The two return to the Charred Council, who reveal that their destruction of the blood did not stop Hadramon, who attacked an angel outpost using the traces of blood contained within Earth Reaver. The Council give Death and War one final chance, and send them to guard the Abomination Vault, with their siblings Fury and Strife sent to hunt down Hadramon and Belisadra. However, Death knows full well that their foes will be coming to them to obtain the Abominations, as well as the traces of blood contained within. The two horsemen head to Death's home, which is revealed to be beside the entrance to the Vault. Shortly after arriving, Belisatra's constructs attack, but are held off by Death's skeleton defenses. Hadramon arrives with Black Mercy, as does Belisatra with her own cannon. Hadramon makes his way to the entrance of the vault, just as Raisael arrives with her forces to destroy the Construct army. 
Death and Hadramon meet at the portal to the vault, and the horseman destroys the seal, hoping the presence of the abominations within would overwhelm Hadramon through Black Mercy. This somewhat succeeds, but the weapon itself takes control of Hadramon's arm, firing at Death, who is able to block the blow, but is left incapacitated. Just then, Raisel enters the chamber, and Black Mercy again takes control and fires, killing her immediately. This causes Hadramon to regain control, and with an overwhelming sadness and regret, holds the gun to his own head, but it refuses to fire. He looks over to Raisel's corpse, and above it, he sees her former self, pleading with him to stop and expressing her forgiveness. This distraction allows Death to strike, and finally kill the fallen angel. As he leaves the chamber, it is revealed that Hadramon's vision of his love was a projection created by Azrael. Outside, they confront Belisatra, who surrenders and is taken to the charge council to be judged. Death, War, and Azrael celebrate their victory, despite the devious way they achieved it. Death then returns the abominations to their vault and heads to the charred council. There, Panopto suggests to the council that they create more servants of his kind to be assigned to each horseman to keep them loyal, thus creating what are known as the Watchers. On his way out, Death encounters the creature and reveals that he is aware that Raisel's army were doing his bidding, as Panoptos had hoped the power of the abominations would help him escape the council's control. Without proof, he knew he couldn't convince the council of this, but left Panoptos with a warning before going into the chamber to give his report. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Sometime later, Death is invited to meet with Abaddon at the White City. There, Abaddon hires Death to take down a demon that has been wreaking havoc on Earth, as well as killing scores of his soldiers. Death takes this task, but knows that since his act has not been sanctioned by the Charred Council, he will have to find a new scythe, as his won't work on Earth. Abaddon then suggests he pay a visit to Vulgrim, a merchant dealing in the black market of the underworld. Vulgrim offers to make a trade for his scythe if Death brings him the tongue of a leviathan, which Death is able to deliver. With the scythe in hand, Death then pays a visit to the Horsemaster, who had previously provided the horses that each horseman tamed. The Horsemaster agrees to help Death by opening a serpent hole, which allows Death to traverse the void and arrive on Earth. There, Death finds himself in France in 1722. He finds many dead humans, some of which have necklaces with pendants in the shape of a crossblade. Shortly after, he is attacked by a fallen angel named Mikaela. Death determines her to be the demon Abaddon sent him to kill and chases after her. She convinces a group of humans to attack the horseman, but he is able to easily brush them aside to reach a church where she has taken refuge. There, Death finds Mikaela supposedly cleansing a man of his sickness placing a pendant around his neck. She attempts to fight Death, recounting her part in the battle on Eden that exterminated the Nephilim. Sometime after, she was infected with corruption, which spoke to her to save humanity. As she attempts to save another human, Death grabs his scythe and kills the fallen angel, taking her pendant as he leaves. He takes it to Abaddon and explains what he found. Abaddon is shocked to learn that the force that killed so many of his best warriors was not a demon, but Death remarks that something larger must be out there. And when it returns... He will be ready. 
Years later, Abaddon assembles his angels to propose launching a preemptive strike to start the end war with the forces of hell by destroying only six of the seven seals to draw out the demon legions without alerting the four horsemen. The inhabitants of the White City don't believe this to be necessary, as their truce with the underworld has gone unbroken. Later, Uriel consoles Abaddon, but he asks her to leave. In secret, Azrael and an old one maker named Ulthane conspire with him to carry out this plan. Later, the horsemen visit Hell to warn a powerful demon named Samael to keep peace between his realm and heaven. Samael shrugs this off, and a nearby Lilith tells them to instead take their warning to Abaddon, as it is he who is hoping for war. Later, Abaddon executes his plan, and the forces of heaven and hell begin to battle on Earth. War arrives, and upon noticing the lack of other horsemen, begins to search for answers. Meanwhile, a Watcher observes and reports back to the Council to inform them of the events on Earth. They accept the intel and verify that all of the seals have not yet been broken before killing her for traveling to Earth without permission. They then send another Watcher to go find war, which he does on the fields of battle on Earth. On Earth, War finds Abaddon and Uriel fighting a giant demon named Straga. Abaddon claims that the final seal has not been broken and is then killed by the creature. War fights it as well, but is suddenly drained of his powers and therefore bested. With the end of this battle comes the victory of Hell over the forces of Heaven, and Earth becomes overridden with demonic forces, while any surviving humans are forced into hiding. War is then resurrected in front of the Council, which proceed to chastise him for his appearance on Earth, accusing him of inciting the End War due to the seals not being broken. War claims that when he arrived, the war had already begun, and points the finger at Abaddon, who seemed to have known more than he let on, but the Council disregards this argument. After learning of his brother's imprisonment at the hands of the Council, Death seeks the Crowfather's help to resurrect humanity and undo his brother's supposed crime. The Crowfather proclaims that Death would find his answers at the Tree of Life, but only agrees to help him get there if Death destroys the amulet containing the souls of the Nephilim that Death entrusted him with after the war which killed them all. Refusing to destroy the final remains of his fallen brethren, Death instead attempts to force the Crowfather to help him, to which he transforms into a vision of war. After Death battles this vision, he deals a mortal blow to the Crowfather, demanding him to open the portal to the Tree of Life. The Crowfather dies with his secrets, but the amulet shatters and a piece becomes embedded in Death's chest. The Crowfather's body erupts into a flock of crows, and Death loses consciousness. Elsewhere, Fury is called upon the Council, only to find her brother War chained before them. The Council then inform Fury of her brother's charges, but state that they have a more pressing matter. The seven deadly sins have been released from their prison and are roaming the Earth. Fury agrees to destroy the seven sins as long as in return she is granted the title of the Leader of the Horsemen. They agree and assign her a Watcher before sending her off to Earth. Fury arrives in Haven, a location where the last surviving humans attempt to maintain shelter. There she meets a creature carrying a talisman whom she surmises to be the Deadly Sin Envy. She kills the creature, stealing the Talisman of Sin and entrapping her essence inside of it. She then learns that the talisman also serves to track the other sins and she sets off to find the next one. On her way, Fury meets Vulgrim, who provides his services, as well as Ulthane, who has been stranded on Earth. Wolfin proclaims that he has been helping to build shelter and unite humanity since the forces of Hell invaded. He asks for Fury's help with the effort, but she laughs off the idea of helping a useless species. This angers a human who introduces himself as Jones and denounces the senseless destruction of the Horsemen and their fellow cosmic forces. Fury appreciates Jones's spirit, but still refuses to help the humans. Wolfane then offers to upgrade her equipment if she will send any human she comes across to him, and she reluctantly agrees. As a token of good faith, he then points her to her next target, Wrath. 
Fury makes her way beneath Haven and finds Wrath disposing of a group of attacking angels. She interrupts the battle, but soon discovers that her horse, Rampage, had been impaled by an angelic weapon. She rushes to its aid, but the distraction allows Wrath to get the upper hand and impale her. However, she is able to turn the tide and break his blade, stabbing him with a piece that remains in her torso. Injured, Fury lays on the floor, realizing that there are other forces at play, and her brother must have indeed been set up. As she lays next to Rampage's lifeless corpse, a portal opens beneath her and she is taken away, allowing Wrath to escape. When she awakens, she finds herself in the presence of the Lord of the Hollows, an old one who is harvesting the souls of demons and angels from the cycle of war. While he mocks the Charred Council, as well as the balance that the horsemen protect, he helps her by giving her the Flame Hollow. As she leaves, he asks her one favor, to bring him the soul of a demon named Abraxas. On her way out, Vulgrim appears before her and asks her to deal with the inhabitants of the Serpent Holes that have become hostile, claiming that she will find treasures inside. She considers the offer and moves on. She eventually reaches a museum filled with treasures inhabited by avarice, or greed. Fury makes quick work of the sin and seals his essence in the talisman. Afterwards, she once again visits the Lord of the Hollows, who grants her with the power of the Storm Hollow. Fury continues on, finding a large church where the sin pride appears. She mocks Fury and instructs her to return when she is proven worthy, after capturing the other sins. Pride retreats to her own dimension, and Fury continues on to find Sloth. Fury battles and captures Sloth before deciding to visit a base occupied by the Angels to get revenge for Rampage's death. There, she meets the leader of the army stationed there, Yusiel, who denies any conspiracy against the Horsemen. He makes a deal that if Fury takes care of Lust, he will be able to allocate resources to investigate the angelic weapon that killed Rampage. Fury then finds Lust, who attempts to convince her to join in taking creation for themselves, but Fury refuses before Lust is shot to death. When Fury turns, she sees none other than all three of her brothers, and Strife claims that he had captured the other sins, and death had freed war. They also reveal that they have proven the conspiracy to start the apocalypse early, and they appoint Fury as the leader of the new era of creation. However, Fury strikes them all, revealing it to simply be an illusion created by Lust. Angered by this disrespect, Fury attacks Lust. During the battle, Yusiel appears to assist Fury. However, Lust is able to tempt him, and he instead sides with the Sin. Fury is able to subdue Yusiel and Lust. Before she can capture the Sin, she offers a bargain, to spare her for the location of her sister Envy. Fury disregards this, having already captured Envy, and captures Lust. Afterwards, she spares Yusiel in return for an alliance with him and his men. Afterwards, the Lord of the Hollows gives Fury yet another hollow, the Force Hollow, and she returns only to find Gluttony. After tracking it to its lair, she is able to speak to the Sin, who coughs up Rampage's head. Enraged by this, Fury fights Gluttony, taking it out and capturing it in turn. Once more, she meets the Lord of the Hollows, and she detects something is wrong with him. He gives her the final hollow, the Stasis Hollow. He then leaves her with a cryptic warning that only one of them will leave their next meeting alive. Now having all of the hollows, Fury helps Vulgrim with the Serpent Holes. She defeats each construct that guards the Four Wings of the Void. The final guardian, Ionos, fuses with the bodies of the Four Fallen Guards and explains to Fury that Vulgrim had lied to her. His people are the true inhabitants of the Void, and they exiled Vulgrim after he wore out his welcome. Fury shows remorse for killing them, but Ionos decides to make her pay for her deeds regardless. She kills the Construct and makes her way back to Vulgrim. After confronting him, she threatens to kill him, but he convinces her to spare his life in return for free use of the Serpent Holes for the Horsemen, as well as her previously stolen Abyssal Armor. Fury then sets off to finally find and capture Wrath. 
On her way, she discovers a construction site operated by the demon the Lord of the Hollows warned her of, Abraxas. He explains that he is building a tower to become the home of a powerful demon that is coming to rule the Earth. Abraxas claims that Fury should instead kill the Lord of the Hollows, as he is more of a threat to the balance she protects. She, however, rejects this and kills the demon. Fury takes Abraxas' soul back to the Lord of the Hollows, demanding answers. The Lord of the Hollows reveals that he was once a member of the Charred Council. However, he left after growing jaded with their devotion to the kingdoms of heaven and hell without caring for the kingdom of Earth. The Lord of the Hollows supports Fury's worries of a conspiracy, arguing that the Council allowed the End War to be started early to ensure humanity's extinction to avoid them reaching their full potential. He then admits that he cannot prove this, but states that he has seen this coming all this time. The Lord of the Hollows then asks Fury to choose a side, to which she takes his. He then disappears into a flash of white light, leaving behind a mysterious stone sigil containing all of the harvested souls he had been collecting. Fury finally confronts and captures Wrath, leaving only Pride remaining. Having completed her challenge of capturing all of the other sins, Fury visits her dimension to confront the sin. Pride offers Fury the ability to work with her against their conspirators to rule together. Fury declines this, and the two fight. After Fury emerges victorious, she demands Pride tell her what she knows of the Council's corruption. At this point, the Watcher that had been accompanying Fury reveals herself to be the true Envy. She then takes back her talisman and uses it to capture Pride, as well as part of Fury's power. Envy confirms that the Council set everyone up, wanting them all dead, so Envy worked on her own to ensure her survival and the ability to destroy the Council and rule the Earth. Envy kicks Fury out of the dimension, and she is rescued by the humans. Jones waits for her to awaken, then provides her with moral support and motivation before showing her what Ulthane had been working on. A portal made for her to send her to where she wants to go to the most. She enters the portal and finds herself among the Charred Council, being attacked by Envy, who plans to kill them, then wait out the apocalypse before killing the victor. Fury confronts Envy to the delight of the Council, which she silences before fighting the Sin. After the battle, Fury is able to regain her power, defeat Envy, and capture her within the Talisman. The Council then attempt to restrain Fury, knowing she now knows too much, but she was able to use the mysterious stone sigil given to her by the Lord of the Hollows to stop them. They demand she give it over immediately, but she knows it to be too valuable to part with, despite not knowing its true purpose. She then throws the Talisman of Sin at the Council, triggering a blast that collapses their domain, allowing her to escape. Back on Haven, a new army approaches the humans' camp, led by the powerful figure whose arrival Abraxas predicted, the Destroyer. Ulthane declares Fury humanity's new guardian, and suggests that she take the remaining humans someplace safe with the portal he built. She asks Ulthane to stay behind and help War should he need it, and he agrees. As she leaves with the humans, Jones steps forward and begins to fight the army, turning back towards her to reveal himself to have been her brother Strife all along. She gives him a recognizing glance before finally departing. In the Kingdom of Hell, Lucifer berates Lilith for not silencing the Lord of the Hollows before he was able to give Fury the sigil. He determines that this is fine, however, since she doesn't truly know what she possesses. He knows that the Council will send war to Earth, and the Seventh Seal will be broken to start the End War. Meanwhile, Death awakens inside the Forge Lands, the home of the Makers. He is found by the village elder Idard, who asks Death to help deal with the growing presence of corruption in the world. To do this, Death would have to restore the fire of the mountain, so he sends Death to speak with a woman named Alia, who would help him reach the Tree of Life. Death then speaks to her, and she asks him to help the Makers forge a key to activate a giant construct known as the Guardian to clear the corruption. Death agrees, and heads off to a temple inside a volcano called the Cauldron. 
There he meets another maker named Karn, whom he agrees to help restore the cauldron. After defeating a corrupted construct, Death is able to restore the fire of the mountain and restore the cauldron. He then returns to Alia, who informs him that he also has to restore the Stonefather's tears to reactivate the forge. Before he leaves, she gives him a weapon as thanks, one that Death recognizes as Redemption, one of his brother Strife's signature handguns. Death then travels to the Drench Fort and meets Karn there. The two fight their way through and restore the tears. Afterwards, Death again returns to Alia and meets her brother Valus and Idard in the forge, where Valus completes the key. Idard then instructs Death to find another construct called the Warden that can lead him into the foundry where the Guardian lays dormant. Death finds the Warden and awakens it with the key. It then creates a bridge to the foundry and Karn arrives to accompany Death. The pair awaken the massive construct but soon find it to be overcome by corruption. It leaves the foundry and Death chases it to find Idard attempting to calm it. It attacks the Elder and Death is forced to destroy the Guardian. After doing so, Idard arrives once again and uses his last bit of life to revive the Guardian, now free of corruption. It then destroys the corruption blocking the path to the Tree of Life, allowing Death to pass through. Death approaches the Tree of Life when suddenly corruption overcomes its entrance, and he is pulled inside. There, he is taunted by the avatar of the corruption, Absalom, the first Nephilim who was killed by Death himself. When Death leaves the tree, he finds himself in the Dead Plains, and soon after he meets a merchant named Ostagoth. The merchant claims that what Death truly needs to seek to find the answer to resurrect humanity is the Well of Souls. He then sends him to the Gilded Arena to find the Dead King. There he meets the Chancellor, who has Death defeat the Arena's champion in order to gain an audience with the King. He does so and is able to speak with him. The King agrees to help if Death does him one favor, bring three of his lords to his presence. Death then heads out and convinces the three lords through various means. When he returns to the Dead King, he destroys his lords for their insubordination, then sends Death to the City of the Dead to find a soul that can lead him to the Well of Souls. Death is able to fight his way through the city and finds the soul the King spoke of, that of the Crow Father. He informs Death that in order to reach the Well, he needs a key that was divided long ago, with one half given to the angels and the other given to the demons. He also reveals to Death that the Well of Souls would also have the power to revive the Nephilim, a fact that the Charred Council wanted hidden from the Horsemen. Death heads to Lost Light to look for the half of the key the angels possess, but there he soon discovers their army to be infected by corruption. Death fights the corrupted angels, accompanied by an angel named Nathaniel, who sends Death to speak with the Archon to find more information on the key. The Archon, Lucian, claims that the key is inside the Ivory Citadel, which has been overrun by corruption, and that only the Rod of Arafel could dispel it. Death then heads to Earth to retrieve the Rod. There, Death finds undead human corpses attacking the Hellguard, led by Uriel. Death helps the Hellguard battle the undead, and Uriel then tells Death that the Rod was shattered, and the Destroyer is now using its powers to enhance his army. Death then searches the city to find the pieces of the Rod, and returns them to Uriel. She helps to reassemble them, but warns Death that if she ever sees war, she will make him answer for his crimes. Death then returns to Lost Light to give the Rod to the Archon. He then uses the Rod's Holy Light to clear the Citadel of Corruption and sends Death, with the help of a flying beast called an Ortho, to find the Scribe. Death finds the Scribe, but he is unfortunately still corrupted, and attacks the Horseman. After his defeat, the Scribe introduces himself as Jemira, revealing to Death the truth, that the Archon had actually been the first angel corrupted, but his madness did not allow him to realize it. Death returns to the Archon, whose corruption takes hold, and the two battle. Death emerges victorious, and obtains the key. Death then travels to Shadow's Edge to obtain the demon's half of the key. There, Death heads to the home of Samael, but instead finds Lilith. 
While Death grows annoyed at Lilith referring to herself as his mother, he still hears her out as she reveals that the key is in Samael's possession, but he is now gone. She then provides him with the ability to turn back time to before Samael's fall to find him and the key, asking for him to resurrect the Nephilim at the Well of Souls in return. Death traverses through the fortress using his newfound time travel abilities, and eventually finds Samael. He does not give Death the key easily, however, and forces him to battle first. After seeing Death's potential, Samael gives him the key, pointing out that even if Death fails in his quest, it will still be entertaining. Now with both keys, Death returns to the spirit of the Crowfather, who warns him that the well has been corrupted as well. Death uses the keys and enters into the tree's core, where he finds Absalom. Absalom taunts Death with the regret of killing his brethren, but the horseman is able to persevere and defeat Absalom, killing the corruption in the process. Finally, at his quest's end, Death is again met by the Crowfather, who gives him one final choice, resurrect humanity or the Nephilim. Death then sacrifices the souls of all of the fallen Nephilim, takes off his mask, and dives into the well, re-sowing the seeds of humanity and saving the species. Now one century after his imprisonment, War convinces the Chard Council to allow him to return to Earth to find those who broke the seals and started the war. They reluctantly agree to this, assigning him a Watcher and returning his blade, Chaos Eater, although weakened. On Earth, War fights his way through scores of the undead before meeting Vulgrim, who points War towards the tower where the Destroyer resides. War attempts to head there, but Vulgrim explains that it is being protected by various demonic magics that War will need to find a way past. Vulgrim then gives War a powerful horn called the Earthcaller, which War can use to enter the Tormented Gate and travel to find Samael, now in prison due to his opposition to the Destroyer. War is able to find Samael's prison, as well as those guarding it, and defeat them to speak to the demon. Samael offers to help War in return for his release by lowering the magic barrier to the Destroyer's spire. To do so, however, Samael tasks War with returning with the hearts of four of the Destroyer's chosen. The first chosen, Tiamat, is quickly defeated by War, and he tears her heart out before again meeting Vulgrim, who offers War the use of his serpent holes to return back to Samael. After giving him the first heart, Samael sends War off to find the next chosen, Griever, but warns that there will be an obstacle in the way. War quickly discovers this obstacle in the form of Ulthane, who recognizes the horseman. War attacks Ulthane, but their skirmish is interrupted by the Hellguard, led again by Uriel, who instructs her army to kill War to avenge Abaddon's death 100 years prior. Ulthane then joins War to defeat the Angels, and the two have a friendly competition to defeat the most on their way to Uriel. After a short battle, the pair are able to knock the Angel unconscious, and her Hellguard then retreat, carrying her away. Ulthane then helps War enter the Griever's lair, and he is able to defeat her and take her heart in turn. War returns to Ulthane's home, where the Horseman asks why the Maker made his home on the already ravished Earth. Ulthane refuses to answer, instead giving War a handgun, his brother Strife's other weapon, Mercy. War then returns to Samael with the second heart, and is sent to the Ashlands to retrieve the third. There, War is reunited with his horse Ruin, and with its help is able to defeat the Stygian and retrieve its heart, taking it back to Samael. Samael then sends the horseman to the Iron Canopy to retrieve the final heart. There, the final chosen, Silitha, informs War that the chosen's true purpose was to protect the return of Samael, whose true power would be a threat greater than all of the chosen combined. War does not heed this warning, however, and defeats the creature, taking her heart with him back to Samael. Upon his return, War confronts Samael about lying to him about the true nature of the Chosen. Samael disregards this and claims that he still intends on honoring their bargain. War then reluctantly hands over the final heart, knowing either way he needs Samael's help to enter the tower. Samael holds true to his word and opens a portal to the tower, and as the horseman enters, Samael tells him that one day they will meet again. 
Inside the tower, War finds an imprisoned Azrael, who asks the horseman to free him. Azrael explains that the destroyer forced him to open the Well of Souls to allow his army to use the power of the souls inside. War frees the angel, but afterwards he confesses to being recruited by Abaddon to carry out the conspiracy to destroy the six seals and start the war with Hell's army early. He proclaims that the plan fell apart with Abaddon's death when the seventh seal he held onto was lost. The Watcher then orders War to execute Azrael for his treason, but War refuses, claiming his work to be done. The Watcher disagrees, however, and orders War to restore the balance. With Azrael's help, War is able to confront Straga, whom he defeats, destroying the tower in turn. Azrael arrives and carries War back to Eden. Azrael tells the Horseman that he must visit the Tree of Knowledge to obtain a way to defeat the Destroyer. War enters the tree alone and bears witness to a vision. In the vision, War sees that after Abaddon was killed, he awoke in a limbo and communicated with Lilith. She was able to manipulate him into becoming her most powerful lieutenant, the Destroyer. It is then revealed that the Council knew of these events, but could not reveal them without proof, so they sent one horseman, War, to Earth to frame him for the events, using his freedom as a bargaining chip to manipulate the four horsemen. War then learns that the Destroyer still holds the Seventh Seal, and will break it to lay siege on Heaven. Finally, War sees the Watcher stab him in the back with a mighty sword. When War awakens, he finds the hilt of the sword in his hand, and returns to Azrael and the Watcher to tell them of his vision, leaving out his knowledge of the Council's betrayal. Azrael then reveals that the sword War saw was the Armageddon Blade, the sword that broke the Six Seals. Azrael then tells War to find the pieces of the sword and take them to Ulthane to reforge it. On his way to recover the pieces, War encounters Uriel once again, who challenges him to a death oath called Nex Sacramentum. War defeats her in battle, but refuses to kill her, instead revealing to her the truth that the Destroyer is in fact Abaddon. Shocked by this, she assembles the Hellguard and heads to the tower. War returns to Ulthane with the pieces of the sword, and the Maker reforges it, giving it to War just as Uriel reaches the tower to take on the Destroyer. War meets with Azrael at the base of the tower, and the Angel helps War reach the top. There, War finds the Destroyer, holding Uriel's unconscious body. The Destroyer reflects on the love that she and Abaddon once shared, before offering War to join him in the same way Lilith offered to Abaddon. War responds by saying he will choose what once a coward did not, before drawing the sword. The Destroyer tosses Uriel aside, and he and War begin their final battle. After a period in the battle, the Destroyer's demonic form is broken, and Abaddon appears once more as a fallen angel. The two continue to fight until War emerges victorious, tearing off his wings. Uriel appears and Abaddon pleads with her, but she refuses to help, telling him to reap what he has sown. Abaddon finally dies, dropping the seventh seal to the ground. War moves to pick up the seal, but he is stopped by the Watcher, who confirms the Council's betrayal. The Watcher retrieves the seal. Uriel retrieves the Armageddon blade and stabs War in the back, killing the horseman and completing the Death Oath. She then attacks the Watcher, striking his arm and breaking the seal. The Watcher attempts to kill Uriel for destroying the seal, but is stopped by War, resurrected by his duty to the call of the Broken Seals. Now free of the Watcher's control, War finally kills the creature. Uriel salutes War for his actions, claiming his debts were now repaid. She recognizes that he will now be hunted by many adversaries and asks if he plans to wage this war alone. He holds up the Broken Seventh Seal and replies, No not alone, as the three other horsemen fall to the earth behind him.
Hey guys, thanks so much for watching this video, and of course, if you enjoyed it, please like the video and subscribe for more, and leave a comment letting us know what to cover next. Huge thanks to Lauren Marvell for her art for the Abomination Vault segment in this video. Make sure you check out her socials in the description below. Also, remember this video, including playing all of the games, was done by one person, not a team, so your support on Patreon or by becoming a channel member on YouTube goes a very, very long way in helping them come out faster and increase the quality, of course, so please consider supporting. With a huge, huge special thanks to all those folks now Tetuan Bryant, Jeremy Carlson, Ryan Post, Tom Callahan, Stephen Castaneda, TUM, Kristen T, some grass clippings, and William Mathers. Thanks again, guys.